dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce. We just finished round nine, heading into round 10 of the AFL season. And Sauce, it's really exciting because round 10 of the AFL season, it's Thursday night tonight. All the teams are out for round 10. Get around it. Hey guys, the uh, the coaches have got their way. Pez and Sauce have uh, their social media tyrant of us going on and on and on and on about uh, the teams needing to be out. The AFL is finally listening, Pez, but... It was a big round of footy. There was uh, some inaccurate kicking from some. Oh, I'll tell you what. Melbourne is still unbeaten. North had a huge, huge comeback to snag their first win and uh, some disgraceful scenes in the uh, the rooms after that I want to talk about a bit later. And <laughs> me, the, the biggest uh, story of the week is the uh, the ironic uh, team sucking about a home uh, venue. Ah, the old Richmond. I can't believe, just on a separate note, that Richmond are sucking about having to travel a, th- a stone throw away from their home the home ground. It's two kilometres or something, isn't it? It's two kilometres. <laughs> Damien Hardwick got into it. Yeah, yeah. Ironic, isn't it? Because uh, where does Geelong where did Geelong have to play the last two finals against uh, a home final against Richmond? Well, one was at the Gabba. Yeah, well, <laughs> still, still, yeah, that's not a stone throw. What are they talking about? No, before then, but um, interesting you do mention that, but Dima Hardwick... Uh, oh, did not said, like it. Did, well, you're not going to get any crowds because the Richmond faithful don't like coming to Marvel, which I don't know if I'd agree with that. It's probably because they were playing GWS who don't have any supporters. But And then he said, I don't even like coming here and probably realised he shouldn't have said that. Yeah, well, it's... No, nah, fair call. Fair call. I don't like going there either, to be honest. It's a it's a venue that I don't like playing at. Um, Geelong doesn't play it well. Normally, we play North Melbourne or Carlton there, or we struggle against them. Not against your Saints, though, Pez, uh, on a separate note. But I, I thought it was very funny, uh, Pez, just the ironicness of him sucking about it, but... Oh, well, you can't do anything about it. Richmond probably should be playing their games at the MCG, and uh, Geelong should probably be playing their games at the MCG as well. Most definitely, Pez. I heard, uh, <laughs> you agree with that, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I uh, heard an interesting stat, actually, about the uh, the Richmond versus GWS game. Apparently, for the grand final, um, when they played each other in the grand final, a lot of Richmond supporters that couldn't get game uh, tickets to the game, Where'd actually, they, go? they signed up uh, as uh, GWS members, so they could get priority one tickets because GWS didn't have enough That's members. That's clever. So clever. That's clever. You know what I thought you... That just you proves how much they don't have... <laughs> don't have uh, Members. What I thought you were going to say is they packed Marvel Stadium to watch it on the big screen or something. You know how they're doing the NBA with the home, yeah. home and away. That's uh, what, are the, awesome. what are they? The Toronto call there is uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be that would have been funny there. But um, we head into we'll review round nine a little bit. Source and uh, St Kilda Geelong. We're at this game, and uh, my head was in my hands a little bit uh, from the goal kicking because they weren't easy shots that the Saints were missing. Thirty meters out, directly in front, easy snaps around the corner, and. Uh, yeah, lost by 21 in the end. Was that yeah, good? Yeah, I was very worried in the first quarter, Pez. There was a lot of, uh, I didn't know if you were breathing properly. I didn't know if I had to throw over my <laughs> asthma pump or you were hyperventilating. There was a lot of, ah, oh, ah. Oh. And uh, a couple of times it was it was mainly, uh, oh, big king, and you'd get into me, a little, uh, little jab by the elbow, and then it was hands in the head. <laughs> but uh, inaccuracy, Pez, and you hear it a lot uh, throughout all AFL commentaries as well as podcasts that bad kicking is bad football, and... The Saints really squashed a, a great opportunity in that first quarter. Yeah, five goals, 17 for the game to Geelong's 10 goals, eight. But zero goals and seven behinds in that first quarter. Max King contributed uh, on the night. One goal, five behinds, including 
a missed pickup when he was uh, 40 metres clear, 40 metres out as well, uh, just couldn't pick up the ball. And then in the fourth quarter at the start as well, just the ball straight through the hand. So a few mistakes by the young fella. Social media has been all over Max King this week. Uh, he's a 20-year-old. He's developing. And I think, you know, he's going to be a star of the game. So I'm not too worried about a, a loss to Geelong when our St. Kilda season is probably uh, not going too great anyway. But uh, I've got some faith in him. So I'm not going to go and badmouth him on social media or in this podcast. St. Kilda have some faith with him too. Gave him a nice little extension there. I was wondering what your thoughts were about that, Pez. You're, you're not a big fan of long-term uh, deals. but Oh, sign him up for 12. Sign him up for 12? <laughs> yeah, get him 12 years. Give him uh, a job uh, in the coaching box after, apparently. Is, is Benny King going to come down as well? Maybe that's uh, nah, a no. part of it. Uh, you reckon that's what it is, uh, the early flex, and they say we've got the, the, the better king and, uh, well, the, the less accurate king. So he does have more shots on a goal than his brother, but I don't know. if. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, second second full season of footy source, and uh, a few players have had the yips throughout their career. He doesn't seem to have his confidence up, but uh, they'll have to put some money and some work into him and, and get that up. And when he realises he's an absolute monster and one of the best forwards in the game, then... Uh, He'll, he'll come good, I reckon. But yeah. Geelong were able to get the win on the night. Cameron Guthrie, fantastic with 36 disposals through the middle of the ground. And watching it live, Source, you just realise where Guthrie is as mm-hmm. well in, it, in the game. He, uh, he definitely stalks the pack and uh, he waits for his opportunity and he's in all Australian form. He's the reigning best and fairest for Geelong and not only 36 disposals, as you said, a sneaky little goal as well. Mitch Duncan returned to his, uh, his you know, Prolific form that he showed last uh, year. 30 disposals in the absence of Dangerfield. Isaac Smith uh, threw in a couple of cheekies as well and got 27 and uh, definitely offered some uh, pace around the ground to complement uh, Jordan Clark's run. Yeah, and Apparently it wasn't enough for good old Clark. I don't yeah. understand why he keeps getting the drop. But well, Jordan Clark, 12 disposals. He only had two tackles, but... I think his presence and his pressure acts. Yeah. Uh, He got that smother down uh, one end. I think it might have been during the second quarter source and it resulted in a Geelong goal. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting there going, oh, geez, Jordan Clark. Because I was driving to the game and I actually mentioned to you, I mentioned, um, oh, Jordan Clark's in and Dalhouse is a laid out and your team just got better, I thought. But everyone else apparently in the media don't think so. No, no. He must... He mustn't be doing something uh, defensively or he mustn't be doing the one percenters. But as I said, from a, a person that watches Geelong, uh, you know, obviously quite closely um, following them, but I don't think, I can't understand why he can't get a regular game. He, he, he misses a little bit of finish, you know, like Tommy Atkins. Once he gets a little bit of finish around the ball, he'll, he'll be a fantastic player. He lacks a little bit of that, uh, maybe decision-making at times. I don't think he's making the bad decisions, but <sighs> bad decision, good decision. How's the long bomb from uh, Zach Dewey? Yeah, he's a couple of torps throughout the game, just uh, down the middle and and going for that. Uh, The other thing we probably need to mention in this game uh, is Guthrie's brother, who's going to get dropped as well, along with Jordan Clark. He had 14 disposals. What do you reckon about his, uh, his game? I mean, if he keeps Cameron Guthrie at our club, yeah, cool. Give him a couple of cheeky ones. Like, um, he always kicks to his brother. He, they actually do. We, we, you and I were talking about this. I reckon what twelve of his touches were straight, straight from his brother. They had to be. Yeah, he's just giving it to him. There, and there, Cameron, was even, there was even one of them where he shouldn't have gone that he option. Shouldn't have gone, and, and it went that it one, over. and he turned it over. That's exactly it. right. It That's resulted in a goal. That's the one. But uh, big stat throughout the game. Source uh, Brett Ratton brought it up after the game. Eighty-six tackles. Only three were rewarded in free kicks. So. If a team lays 86 tackles, I don't know the actual stats, but I'd imagine you'd get, be getting 10-plus free kicks from holding the ball or something. Yeah, this definitely was a directive from the AFL that was very present in the first couple of games uh, of the weekend and then sort of went to bed by the, the, the Saturday <laughs> night game. But uh, I do like Brett Ratton's comments of, uh, what's the point of tackling? Yeah. <laughs> just corral, maybe. Just, or could be. Indoor footy style. Just, 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 just <laughs> yeah. corral, corral the 
ball, stay a metre apart, mixing netball in there as well. But um, yeah, lost opportunity to St Kilda. Geelong uh, continue to go, but uh, we move into the next game, which was uh, Sydney versus Collingwood. And Collingwood came out on fire. Dugowie had two of the first three and uh, they looked like they were going all right. But uh, Collingwood of old, or Collingwood of 2021, Sydney came uh, 30 points over the top of them. Yeah, it looked like uh, Buckley's uh, game, you know, was going to get back-to-back wins, uh, which I think is going to be hard to do this year. But you, you, the the classier Sydney just came out in that second half and they just you know, really put the game to bed. And um, whilst Franklin was very quiet, they seemed to find um, some, some scoring power. They were able to really utilise that inside midfield that they're, they're, they're famous for, uh, Sydney, and it was a good win for the Swans. Oh, it was very good. Uh, Heaney had three goals, Papley had two, Franklin had two, and uh, singles to the others. But uh, who I was really impressed with is the, the young bloke, uh, Chad Warner, 19 disposals and a goal. He just looks like an absolute machine in the middle. Now, we remember to the start of the year, you had blokes like Errol Goulden and all of these ones. They've kind of died off a little bit, but the senior, more senior players have actually brought up that. So Sydney are still... There and abouts, possibly, you know, fighting for uh, maybe a top four spot. I don't think so. But in, in the top eight, they possibly are going to get a spot in the final. So that's really, really exciting for that side. Yeah, it's um, we, we sort of said at the start of the year that they peaked really early. They, they're going to snag a couple of wings along the way. They'll probably finish top eight, which would be a really good experience for some of those young ones. But Collingwood, what, what are they doing? Like, you know, you had uh, Grundy had 49 hitouts, but... Just ineffective, ineffective. Yeah, they've got some talent in there, but they've just got their their bottom six players just aren't aren't putting in, aren't doing uh, the right thing. But they've got other players on the sideline. You've got Mason Cox who's gone out of the side, and they actually look like their scoring power has decreased. Even though I don't really rate Mason Cox as an AFL footy player, I don't know if it's their structure or something. Uh, it doesn't help when Buckley came out and said, "Yeah, we're you know going, we're bottoming out, we're going to play the kids," and he's. Been gifting games, I think, to a few of the young blokes who I don't know if they've deserved it or not. I don't, I'm not there every day, but it doesn't look like they're really grasping it with two hands. No, no, and you say grasping it with two hands. We we talk about you know the impact that players have, not just racking up stats. You know, the Collingwood uh, Ruckman won the the hitouts market. I guess markets are a word or the contest won hitouts. Yeah, <laughs> won the hitouts. Um, but the the you know the Sydney Ruckman uh, dominated everything else. They were nineteen to seventeen in contested disposals. Sorry, nineteen to seventeen just normal disposals. Sixteen to fourteen in contestant and eight and six in clearances. So there was no point in just uh, winning the hitout. You got to win those other stats around the game. And and Hickey, who has been you know four club hero, four state hero, and uh, is in car- career best form. Good pickup over at the Swans, uh, the big fella Hickey, uh, with a couple of weird tattoos as well. He's getting into that market with the. Uh, There's a few of them with the, the Tom the, Liberatore, yeah. and I think it's Jason Castagna who's covered his legs in just in random little yeah. things. It looks like he just dropped a like the you know his pen exploded in his pocket or something. There's little splotches everywhere. So I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, well done to Sydney for that win. <laughs> but uh, the next team, North, get around North now. As the listeners know, I've been all over North in the last month. Uh, to get within the line, they've actually won this game by seven points. They were down by around thirty-two points early in the in the game. Source Hawthorne came out on absolute fire, but North settled, were able to get the win down in there at their home state down in Tasmania. Yeah, they looked putrid in the first couple of quarters, and uh, that thirty-two point lead looked like it was going to leak out to about seventy-four. And uh, 
But uh, there was something that happened and snapped that losing streak of uh, one one of the last twenty two games. It goes all the way back to round nine last season, which is which is huge. Um, I was watching this game with my old man, and in the start of the game, he said we're in big trouble here because uh, Kenneth actually came out and said this week that they're in the rebuild, so this will be thrown away. So my question to you in this one, Pez, is uh, so which team owns uh, uh, Tasmania? Does that mean that Hawthorne? Uh, they want they want Tasmania, Look, don't they? I don't actually know who wants Tasmania and what's going on there. But if North are going to get a win down there, maybe they want to go to Tasmania now. And uh, we know James Brayshaw fought for them not to, you know, go up to Gold Coast and merge with that new club and then not go down to Tasmania. But they're always down there. North is a, a, a poor club and uh, a poor performances as well. So... Uh, I don't know, but it was good for them to get the win source. Uh, Zerha back in form. He's, he's kicked four, so he's been, had a couple of good couple of good weeks now. Um, Their midfield looked good too as well, Pez. Jai Simpkin, you know, one of our favourites. He had 38. And Ben Cunnington come back into the side this year. Some more consistent footy. He had 37. And uh, they, they looked amazing yeah, as well as uh, old mate Aaron Hall. Aaron Hall had another good game that he does this every every couple of years, three or four good, good he has, games. He always has bad patches when and he miskicks a couple, but yeah, twenty eight disposals he played well. And Luke Davis Uniac a goal and twenty four disposals as well. He he's been down in the past month, so uh, well done to he, he was pivotal in that last quarter. That last quarter he really picked up his ass and really secured that victory for North. Yeah, so well done to North, and uh, they won the they won the Tassie uh, Tassie Cup, they and did. didn't they celebrate? They did they ever celebrate? And Pez, I messaged you about this. I and I was with my old man. It looked like they won a premiership. They went into the rooms and they had everyone in there. They had physios, doctors, team mascots. I'm pretty sure they had a couple of members in there with some scarves <laughs> around there. This this thing was huge that they had in there. There was more players around than uh, Richmond's premiership from last season because of COVID restrictions, obviously. <laughs> but but it was it was a really really poor look. And um, for, for the North Melbourne faithful, like you know, it was really great to see you have a win. It was good to hear the song. They've got one of the best songs going around when they are uh, you know the hearts to hearts and then the big join in the chorus that are they you, get into. Are you saying they sang the club song? Yeah. Oh, I thought I had it on mute and I just saw the big circle. I thought it was just a circle for David Noble and I was singing him happy birthday. They <laughs> <laughs> were no, doing the Zorba. Yeah. <laughs> just getting around. But it was, that's how big it was, Pez. It looked like a Greek wedding. It was a huge circle and a, it just was a poor look. Like, act like you've won before. It, it, you don't need to get the trainers in there and, and they're their friends and then aunties, aunties, uncles and all those people. But, you know, congratulations to North. Uh, they don't win many more after that, I couldn't imagine, Pez. No, the last two weeks, Collingwood and uh, Hawthorne, their best two chances. and uh, Maybe this week against Essendon, go back-to-back wins. Yeah, that's a, that's a sneaky one, a sneaky shot. We'll see, and we'll see what we think later on in our uh, cheeky bet slip as well, Source. Uh, so that concludes the games from Tasmania in round nine. But yep, and then we get into the uh, the Brisbane or the, the Q Clash, and uh, it was another stock-standard Q Clash, Pez. Uh, the Suns absolutely getting pants by the Lions. Which was really, really funny because in that first quarter they looked quite in control of the game and they just couldn't put it on the scoreboard. And every time Brisbane turned it over, uh, Gold Coast turned it over, Brisbane put on a goal and they looked good. It was strange because Brisbane had the first three goals and it was like, oh, this is going to be a big sixty-point win. But then Gold Coast, you know, came back, clawed their way back, kicked a couple and kept it close at quarter time. And then Brisbane just went, you know what? Uh, five goals there, third quarter, eight goals, and then last quarter they just uh, coasted and kicked three goals and. Uh, Went to a 73-point win. Nothing much to report uh, here. Bowers, a little bit of a hamstring injury. Leicester for um, Brisbane hamstring injury. And Gardner, who's actually out this week with a shoulder. So a uh, few injuries, but nothing too much. McStay had four. Cameron had three. Cameron's inaccurate again. 
as he always is. Yeah, he had added three, McCarthy, uh, Zach Bailey, Eric Hibwood, Joe Danaher, they had two. So their forward line has a lot of firepower. Um, the, I guess the only shining sun for, for the, the, the day was uh, David Swallow, and, and he... Always plays how you, um, he plays the hell out of it realistically, tackles hard, goes around the ball. I think he had 13 touches in the first quarter and he, he looked amazing. But the drop-off from um, Gold Coast in that second quarter going forward, to lose another Q clash, and I think the average losing margin of the Q clash is over 50 points. So they, oh, need, to, they need to get those back because they had um, shown some signs of, you know, of... of of being a lot more promising, but they just got beaten around the ground. They, they, you know, the line slammed on eight and unanswered goals. Like, and that, they can't, they can't be doing that, especially in a Q clash. You know, they had a twenty-three to nine inside fifty count at one stage in the game. Um, and the, the ironic thing is that the the Gold Coast were winning the the clearances at that stage, thirteen to eight, when they had that inside fifty count of twenty-three to nine. That's, I mean, it's disgusting. We know Gold Coast are a capable, more capable footy side than they have been in the past three years. But a ten-year reunion. Did you see the? Uh Team of the decade for the Gold Coast, really. Yeah, a lot of players still play in AFL and uh, not playing at the Gold Coast. So it's really disappointing. But very telling. A big out for there. No Daniel Gorringe. Did, did make, make it. The, didn't make the side. Nah, stuff him. He's just he's entered for the the uh, mid season draft. Has he really? Has really. <laughs> he's gone back in there. He, mate, if you don't follow him on social media, after you go on and follow us on uh, social media, <laughs> behind, behind, the, the behind the bounder on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, make sure you go and give him a follow because he is an absolute laugh and a much more uh, diverse comedian than he ever was a football player. So on to the next game, Pez. Oh, the next game, we had a absolute two rippers, which is very controversial this week because uh, there was Dusty uh, at one, one game on the Saturday night. There was Bont have an absolute ripper on the other game and the games were on at the same time so it wasn't too great but Richmond versus GWS I didn't watch this one live because I wanted to watch the Port Adelaide Bulldogs one but uh, I can't believe flicking back and looking at scores and checking it throughout the Saturday night that Richmond won the game it was uh, I was much the same pairs I was sort of flicking between the two and then uh, the third quarter I sort of uh, stopped watching it live and I ended up watching the game again a little bit later but You've got to look at through the apps, and I couldn't believe it. I looked at back at the end of the game, like, holy crap! I can't believe they they won that game. And uh, watching the replay, I don't know how they won it, Pez. I really, I really don't understand how they won it. GWS hadn't covered all around the ground. Hogan was fantastic, kicking three one. Yet Hopper had thirty five disposals and a staggering eleven clearances, um, and they just just gave it away realistically. Oh, it was no good. Hogan with four goals, source not three, so he had four one. And uh, Martin. Oh, sorry, I'm talking three one in that in like that seven minute space that he had. Sorry. Yeah, with a free kick in yeah. there as well. And uh, Baker had to go into the midfield, probably the best midfielder for Richmond on the day. He's been very versatile this year, and Richmond just were able to get over the line and get the job done. Put Dusty Martin up forward and watch him go to work. He had a couple of lucky goals off the ground as well in his in his four goals too. Um, a couple of really, you know, protecting the drop zone and marking it on his chest inside the forward 50 and snapping it like he does. He's just got strength. He's just a game winner, and he was able to do that against GWS, but very disappointing. 27 points up, and then you, you drop that one. It was close, closer at three-quarter time, and then GWS got the lead, and Richmond just went, you know what? We're going to take the lead with three minutes to go. Daniel Rioli. Richmond just doing Richmond things, Pez. And, you know, the age-old question of who's going to stop Dusty Martin... Well, we found out on Saturday night who's going to stop him. And the goal umpire, emergency goal umpire, <laughs> come in and uh, boom, gave the old tackle. 
and uh, put, put him to the floor. And he wanted to review it, the umpire, because yeah, obviously did. he didn't see. They so just wanted to see him tackling Dusty again because no one's no one in the game is actually he didn't get the stiff arm. So he reviewed it, and then he was a bit nervous it was going to be behind or a goal because he couldn't move his shoulder because I'm pretty sure he dislocated his shoulder and he couldn't his lift shoulder. his. Uh, lift his shoulder up so he wouldn't have been able to do the you know two finger salute for the goal so lucky uh he was able to get replaced by the emergency goal umpire yeah and we we make jokes about it but it was really interesting when you look at you know the efficiency inside 50 for this game gws dominated they were 68 percent efficiency inside 50 they're up by 27 points as you said and, and they threw away the game they they won the hit outs they won the clearances they won the you know the stoppages of clearances they overpossessed the ball they won all the stats and for them to to one give away that big lead and two not to be able to finish i don't know whether it's a a you know a, we, we tip our hat to gws for for staggering through considering most people didn't see them to being competitive in this sort of um against a team or is it just richmond doing richmond things in the, the, the time of the year because they still just they, they just, just had find to find a way to win. They just had to win and uh, they, they stay in the eight with it, their fifth win for the year. Um, but one thing that caught my eye is uh, Toby Green, speaking about it for about three seasons now, what does this man have to do to earn himself a free kick? Uh, Pez, it's, it's really frustrating and every time I watch the football with my dad, we have the same, the same discussion because he gets absolutely... Just murdered, like he. You can get away holding, with anything. They get away him. with anything, but do you know what? It really shows you his character because he doesn't bite. Ever since those, you know, those earlier incidents that he had with um, Western Bulldogs, where he sort of ran his mouth a bit, and now he's pulled his hand in a li- little bit since. Well, yep. since those incidents, he just gets up and he's gets just about pi- his he just business. pinged as a bad bloke, and and he's an amazing footballer, and it's just really disappointing that that he's not being rewarded for it. And I can't believe Leon Cameron's not going out and batting for him. And if this was, if this, this team was in Melbourne, he'd be going out and be like, oh, well, this is the NBA or this is the, the NFL. The They'd coach would come and highlight come everything. Highlight it. But 100%. the culture that GWS is, you know, just, okay, that's fine. We'll accept it. We'll accept it. If you're going to accept it, it's going to keep happening. Exactly it? right. They need, to, they need to force a change. That's it. And uh, speaking about change, I don't know what uh, Port Adelaide have to do, but this source, uh, speaking to you in the pre-show, one of the strangest games of footy I've seen this year and one of the strangest games of footy I've seen for a while because uh, Port Adelaide came out, kicked the first one, and then uh, Bulldogs just went bang, 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 had a massive uh, four-goal quarter-time lead. And then Port Adelaide came back, in the got the lead in the second quarter, were down at halftime, and then it was just lead change, lead change, Bulldogs up a little bit, Port Adelaide coming back. Got to within eight points with about 11 minutes to go in the fourth, and you thought they're coming, and then the Bulldogs, you know, kicked three in a row at the end as well. I just couldn't get my head around it. It was a really funny game, and I was really surprised when I looked at the stats because, as you said, Pez, it was sort of, you know, they'd ha- both teams would have little purple patches where they sort of get in front, and then the other team would get in front. And be there. But the Bulldogs actually controlled 92 minutes of this game, or 92 minutes and 59 seconds in front of the game. Yeah. And if you told me that stat beforehand, I would have been like, no, that's not true because it felt like the game was topsy-turvy, but realistically... The Western Bulldogs dominated this game and they were sort of toying with Port Adelaide for, for parts in this game. They always seemed in control, but it was a very strange game to watch because it did have that feeling of, a, you know, oh, you'll kick three goals and then we'll stop and then you kick four goals. and then. But, yeah, Bonds and Pally was amazing though, Pez, and uh, I've been really critical of him throughout uh, this podcast and this uh, had to be one of his best games. 
Yeah, a three-voter, 26-2. and two. Uh, Absolute crucial goal when they were down uh, on the left side, wrong side for a left footer, uh, about 30 metres out. Tough kick uh, over there at Adelaide Oval, and he just slotted it straight through the middle. His uh, confidence in front of goal is up and about, and just the ability for him to go forward, stay in the middle, where, wherever he needs to be to win a game of footy, He's, he's becoming a really important player for those uh, Western Bulldogs. Yeah, and, and I think that goal that you, you speak about, Pez, him being able to go forward when the game is in dire needs of, you know, him taking it by the scruff of the neck. He's sort of in that Dusty Martin, that Patrick Dangerfield thing, but his body is so big in that midfield and he just, you just can't tackle him. And he looks like an S. Scott Pendlebury where everything's in slow motion, finds the angles and... You know, if he if he's not already a star, he's going to be an absolute superstar and a potential Brownlow medalist going forward. Maybe even this year, Pez. Yeah, quite possibly. He didn't get the three in the first game. Bailey Smith got that one against hey. Collingwood, uh, but we we don't know about that. Waitman really surprised me when I saw the teams here. Saw, so I was really confident on Port Adelaide. No Stephen Martin, no Tim English. What Cody Waitman comes in, kick three goals. Uh, one snap it was super super important and. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe the result in the end, but the Bulldogs, they head to 8-1, and one, play a St Kilda side without Rowan Marshall this week, so probably another win and go 9-1, and one, and that's a great start to the season. It's an amazing start, but this is the forward line that, you know, this is the forward line that the, the Western Bulldogs faithful should be more happy with uh, in terms of the, the result that they're getting back. Aaron Norton had four. Cody Waitman, so a smallest type of forward, pop up for three. You know, you probably get that as an average down to two. Bontepelli had two. Josh Bruce had two. And, you know, uh, Johannesson had two. That's what you want. That's a that's a more stable, structured forward line that you can live with. Not Josh Bruce kicking five and everyone else kicking singles. This is the forward line that if they can keep this going, then they really can go far in September. Yeah, well, Aaron Norton uh, playing really well. I think he's a yeah. mul- multiple goal kicker in every game this year. So uh, they need him to keep going and... Uh, Kicked four, got at a free kick. It was a strange one. It was a, a dangerous, one. dangerous tackle. I thought it was a, a really fair tackle. It was unlucky for the tackler that his left arm got caught yeah. and, and pinned, and then he hit the hit his head and made a little bit of a, a scene about it. Norton and was able to kick the goal afterwards. I, I think that should have been either a, a play on or a ball up if the ball was able to stay in. But um, the dangerous tackle, they're protecting the head, aren't they? So I don't really know what you can do. Uh, you're heading to the Sunday source and. This game is the one I was probably most disappointed in. It was Essendon versus Fremantle. Essendon supporters up and about uh, with this game. You had uh, Tip and Woody pop up for two goals. Jones was really impressive early uh, with two goals, the young man. And then they had singles to the rest. Fremantle, Matty Tabiner had four, should have had six or seven. Uh, you see the singles there, Chera, Lobb, Walters, Mundy. You know who you don't see? You don't see Nathan Fife because he had a shot about 30 metres out, slight angle. And he's missed it away to the right. And the commentators actually said a stat. Since round one, he's kicked one goal 15. One goal 15. That's disgusting. That's absolutely horrible. And I've, we've seen him out there after the game practicing his goal kicking. Mm-hmm. It's just not happening. I don't know what he's thinking when he's going in. Uh, St Kilda, don't put Nat Fife with Max King because he's not going to teach him much. <laughs> yeah, imagine those two in the forward line, Pez. Uh, you almost win the game on points alone, but... Let's not take it away from the gritty win that Essendon had. Probably their best performance of the year. Darcy Parrish, probably not his best performance, but he was an amazing. He had a game-high 39 disposals and 10 clearances. You know, Nick Hine looked excellent throughout uh, his game. He had 31 touches, but it's really disappointing for Fremantle. They had Brayshaw, 33, 529, Chera, 28. They had plenty of the ball. They just couldn't put them away. And, and this is the problem with the Dockers. If they want to be this top eight side, we say this every week, Pez, 
These are the wins that they've got to have. They needed to win this game. This uh, needed to win. Tipped them in all my uh, footy tipping competitions where everyone else tipped Essendon because Essendon were, you know, shoo-ins to win apparently. But uh, Fremantle probably should have gobbled it up and won. Rory Lobb had a mark inside 50. I'd be paying that mark every day of the week to have a set shot to make it a draw and uh, see with Fife and Mundy in that middle, see if they couldn't get a clearance to go forward and actually win the game. But it didn't happen in the end. Essendon go down and uh, they won by seven points in the end. And the line in this game was 6.5 and they kicked that behind towards the end as well to get the cover for Essendon and Fremantle backers and on the cover wouldn't have been very, very happy with many of the Fremantle Dockers on the weekend. No, um, if you're a Dockers supporter, you wouldn't, weren't happy with their effort anyway and you haven't been happy with their effort since uh, 2014 was the last time that they actually won at the, at the um, Marvel Stadium or Docklands. Yeah. As uh, the as the, the article says here, Docklands. Docklands, it says. Beautiful. Why, why Docklands? Why, why, why no, can't you call it Etihad or Marvel or Telstra Dome? Or get the Telstra Dome Docklands. back. Bring back oh, Telstra Colonia. Dome. Um, Essendon, I don't really say too many positive things about Essendon, or I haven't this season, um, but they've got a couple of really good players. They've got Ridley down back, who he's just really, really impressive with his intercept marking and he actually his disposal. And Redmond. I know Redmond has been known for turning the ball over a little bit, but when he gets the ball... And he runs off the half-back line. They just look really, really uh, good and actually able to get the ball up forward. I still don't love the Kale Hooker. I know he's you know top five in the Coleman medal and, and doing all right up there kicking goals. But I, I don't think he is, is a forward that they're going to go into the future with. But uh, a couple of the young blokes look really good, especially uh, Jones up forward with uh, strong hands. And he's just got to get more consistent throughout the game and be able to do that You know, once a quarter, kick for a game and... Uh, They'll be much better for it. Yeah, I mean, they've really lent into the, the rebuilding, but they're doing it the right way. They've picked up a couple of nice little, you know, pieces there, as you said. Uh, we got you got Perkins as well and Cox, you know, that versatile forward. He had a bit of a quiet game on the weekend. but You know, you know what was strange about Cox? He was rested as the medical sub. Yeah. But he was super, super important in that fourth quarter. When yeah, I found was. out Cox was a medical sub and the game was I don't closed. Under- I don't understand putting a young bloke like that. I get the versatility oh. of it, but... I was sitting there going, like tipping Fremantle, going for Fremantle, thinking, you little ripper. please do not anyone get injured from Essendon no. because I don't want Cox on the ground. Yeah, just a young, I don't understand that. You're trying to get reps into a side and a game that, you know, probably Essendon would have said that this is a potential to win, but if they lose it, it's not a big deal because it's obviously a scheduled loss part of their plan of, you know, their rebuild, you're getting um, reps into the young legs and, and they start him on the bench. I just, I don't understand that. We don't understand and uh, might not understand the next part. And Carlton supporters definitely don't understand it because they were expected to be a lot better than they were this season uh, and lost very convincingly to Melbourne on the weekend. Are Melbourne the absolute real deal? 9-0. Well, every time they've won nine games, uh, they've been 9-0. and All three times it's happened in their, their history, they've won premierships. So is that, uh, is that a sign, Pez? Premiership old, for Melbourne? The old omen, uh those, oh. omen, those omens with those stats generally come true. Like, I mean, I mean, if you've got a team winning nine and zero, they're, they're generally pretty good. But uh, Melbourne have done it against some of the, the better teams in the comp. They've beaten, uh, they've beaten Richmond, they've beaten Geelong, St Kilda as a you know a, a top four sort of side that was predicted at the start of the year. They're travelling well. They're doing it in style. <sighs> they, they look good, Pez. They look good. The D's. Yeah, they head over to uh, Adelaide Oval this week to play a uh, you know not not too crash hot. Adelaide Crows at the moment, so they can get a win there, go to 10-0. They're nearly going to guarantee a top-four spot. So if they can get uh, home ground at the MCG, what's really impressive about the Melbourne team at the moment 
not that they just got lucky that St Kilda didn't pick Christian Petrarca with number <laughs> one and he's an absolute superstar. But Tom McDonald's looking good up forward. He had three on the weekend. Fritch doesn't have to be that main man anymore when he was, you know, when he was their number one forward and uh, still kicking a couple. He had three. Neil Bullen pops up with a few. Um, Cosy Pickett. Really, really impressive. Doesn't touch the ball too often, but when he does or when he's around the footy, that pressure that, that happens. Uh, you've got Spargo that does the same thing there. You've got Christian Salem coming off the back to, you know, to distribute the ball. And uh, Stephen May uh, and um, the, the bloke from Adelaide, what's his name? Lever as well, going really, really well in defence. So they've, they've got all bases covered at the moment, Melbourne. You, you, I don't, for some reason, I'm just still not a believer that they, you know, should be a premiership favourite, but I don't know what it is. It's... You know what it is, Pez? It's because the last couple of years we've been saying that to them, you know, saying about Melbourne is that their, their list is a good list. They've got some good talent there. You know, their forward line have had some problems before. They've got, sort of got that together at the moment. And we've always said that their skill level isn't good enough. But like this game against Carlton, it wasn't that Melbourne demolished them. Carlton spent a lot of the game just kicking it to the advantage of Melbourne, like kicking it to like three-on-ones. Like, of course, Melbourne are going to look better in those situations. I just don't understand whether that's a coaching move that they always seem to have numbers behind the ball or it's just Carlton. Just Carlton do it every week. Yeah, but why? They made Melbourne look really good. Look, And I'm not saying that they're not really good, but I would put these teams at the start of the year roughly about the same sort of whack, you know, probably fighting for a top eight side. And yet they're miles apart. And then when you go through the list, the players they topped up in Saad and Williams, you know, you really would say that their list probably was better going into the start of the season, but... These players haven't played well. They they put Williams back into you know a backline position coming up last week, and I just I don't understand why Carlton aren't winning their games. And yes, they've had a really tough run. They've played some of the top eight sides, and their run is going to get better. They probably will be fighting for a top eight side in the end of the year. But I, I, I can't know. be I can't believe the hype with Melbourne either. I don't know if they will. I think they've lost a, a lot of games already, and I don't think uh, Carlton will be able to fight for that top eight and I, I don't really their list yes they've got some good top end talent in Crips and that but they've still got players like Mark Murphy running around who's depleting and uh, the, the bottom six for them is is what you kind of think about and speak about you got Liam Jones down back you know he can you know have come out and have a stellar game but is he that consistent backman that they really want so um, there's big discussions to be had about Carlton and uh, they're, they're not going too crash hot and uh We'll see how they go for the rest of the season because Carlton supporters think they should be winning every game, whether they go into. They lost to Collingwood at the start of the year source as well, which is uh, really vital and probably cost them their season in the end. Very, very, very... Um, yeah, it's one of those games they should not have dropped. And I mean, they've, they've got an, a, a more promising run coming up. They've got Hawthorne this week. They've got Sydney. They'll probably lose that one. They've got West Coast. But then they get into, you know, the Fremantle again, North, Collingwood, St Kilda... Gold Coast, so they've got some wins coming up the back end. They're going to have to go in a big run, aren't they? Big to, run to big be run able to, to finish it, it off. I actually thought that their um their run home was a little bit nicer, um, but uh, being three and six, oh, not not too great. But um, speaking about teams, not too great. Adelaide started the year off with three out of four wins, and uh, now they're sitting at three and six as well. They lost to West Coast on the weekend. West Coast being named, you know, flat track bullies. They they were able to win by thirty points, but it was tightly contested in the first quarter. Source West Coast just could not get the ball through the goals. Uh, second quarter, Jack Darling comes out, boots five. One of them, a very, very question, questionable goal. He's got a set shot coming into line up. He actually kicked it along the ground, through the bloke on the mark, through his legs. 
I, I could not believe what he was trying to do and if he's in two minds and things like that. It just came off because everything did for him that quarter, but he only kicked five for the game as well, so he, he didn't do too much after that. We didn't really need to do much more, Pez, because the uh, rest of West Coast tall forwards did, did that. You know, Kennedy had three, Oscar Allen had three, yeah, Jake Waterman had two, and same with uh, their ruck forward, Bailey Williams, he had two as well. Like, it was just... Uh, all their bigs kicked 13 of the 16 goals, and uh, that's three straight wins for the first time since uh, round 13 last season for the Eagles, and they definitely are looking like a side that uh, if they can win away from home, which has been a big question about them, and a big test this week coming up against the Giants, they're a side that can the challenge. They've got the scoring power there. They've got a decent sort of midfield. They're, they're still a little bit strapped with injuries. but Yeah, they need a couple of players to come back in that midfield, but they, they could be a threat. Um, in September and they're always a threat the interstate sides when they get a high finish but West Coast just can't afford to drop the some of the games that they're dropping uh, one of them is this week heading over to GWS no Toby Green in the side uh, it's a must win for West Coast uh, very close in the odds on that one so uh, West Coast got the job done won by their five goals in the end Adelaide I don't think they'd be too disappointed with their effort they left Taylor Walker at home um, and they kept trying all day so um, Phil Thorpe actually looks Decent up forward. He's he's kicked a, a couple of goals there as well uh, after kicking five on his debut uh, down in Tassie. So, I don't know. Yeah, Rory Lab was um, gallant for them, having 36 disposals and five tackles. And our man Ben Keys, he uh, topped over the 30s disposals again. But after that, it's just all West Coast. Kelly, Gaff, Witherden, you know, Redden, Cribs, Rotham. And then you have Scholl with 24 from uh, Adelaide. They just need to get more of the, uh, of the, of the pill. Where's Witherden? Alex Witherden. He had 30 touches, but... He had 30. At 30. Isn't he getting a lot of the footy now in that West Coast back line? Yep. Um, unbelievable to hear his name because he played, I think, four games or something for Brisbane in 2020. Yep. And they just let him go for nothing. Yeah. Well, it's funny how uh, Queensland teams do that because... Uh, he's, a, he's a good Jared, kick of the footy. <laughs> Gold Coast did that with Jared Light and now he's uh, probably winning their, all of, you know, their the best, uh, and best and fairest. fairest. Whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, and we need to get into our bet review source. Soft review. It's no official review. Well, here we are, Source, round nine. Uh, we've got to get through our bet review uh, here. on. Uh, it's on Twitter, exclusive Twitter, at Behind the Bound. So jump on board. We've got all our bet slips and things up there and all our statistics, which are a podcast like us, Source, always going through our wins or losses. It doesn't matter what happens. No, always being accountable for our actions, Pez, like any gambler. Yeah, you know they are here when uh, they're winning, but Pez... You hear from me every week, and I'm yeah. not always winning. So, but uh, it's been it was a good round nine for me, a better round nine for you. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. There we had the Friday night. I had the points bet special: Source, Geelong to win one to a hundred, and Tom Hawkins to kick a goal, paying three bucks, uh, profited fifty bucks from that. So you happy with that? Yeah, extremely. Uh, I couldn't believe points bet were doing that. They're the dogs. All right, I had uh, no the three league same game multi Geelong, Guthrie, and Tommy Stewart. And I said to you, Pez, that uh, money for BBs and the stats say that makes me sixty percent for the season. Six out of ten. Thanks, Dill, for that. That was a nice little profit of sixty five. Yeah, six out of ten. Probably not good enough if you're going to say it's money for BBs, mate. You got to <laughs> be a bit higher than that. But uh, we'll see what you come up with this week. You had to work a bit harder for your profit on the Saints Geelong game than I did because points bet just put it out on a platter. Uh, the next 
game was the Sydney-Collingwood game. I had a little uh, three-leg same-game multi. Tom Papley to score two or more goals. Chad Warner, 15 disposals. Callum Mills, 20 disposals. Got up very, very easily in the end. Source had 20 on it. Was paying 260, returned 52. Yeah, I had my cheeky in this one, and I did horribly. Isaac Heaney kicked the first two goals uh, in that, that early in that first quarter, and I'm thinking, you're right, I'm on here. Uh, then everything else lost. So yeah, let's no, move yeah, on. You, yeah, not on there. 20, 23 to 24 goals. Or no, Sydney we don't 40 like plus. Um, well, speaking about cheekies, I had my cheeky in the Hawthorne North game. I had North quarter time line plus four and a half. Hawthorne had that big lead early on source. So that was uh, already gone. There was more goals in uh, 23 and a half. The two disposal legs got up. But uh, just the poor start from, start from North didn't allow me to get my cheeky up. No, I had either team in that game to win by 24.5 or less, and uh, that obviously happened, Pez, because I paying, got a nice little win. I was paying two, two bucks, yeah. Two bucks, mate. Wow, uh, a good one. Great little win. Yeah, very good. Next game, we had Gold Coast versus Brisbane. Now, this is where I spoke about the wire-to-wire source, and if you put it in the same game, multi-quarter time leader, half-time leader, three-quarter time leader, and head-to-head, you'd actually got more money. I added in little Jack Lacocious there, $1.25 to get 15 That was uh, absolute golden. Uh, paying two fifty, had twenty on it, returned fifty. Yeah, well, that was a, a great little bet there, Pez. I had uh, a same game multi as well, two dollars forty. The odds twenty five bucks. Uh, Lacocious, Oleg, Oleg to get fifteen, and Charlie Cameron to kick two or more. That all got up, so sixty in my pocket. That's Thank what we. That's much. what we do here on behind the boundary and the cheeky pump pod source. We uh, talk about value, and we spoke about the fifteen plus disposals for the Gold Coast backman yep. last week, and. Uh, and got them up and green but ticks all around. They both had uh, over 20 disposals for the game, so it was a uh, love and life pairs. Midway through the fourth, that it saluted, so you're loving yeah, it. It was very good. Uh, Richmond GWS, we don't need to talk about it because we both didn't have a bet. So the next game, Port Adelaide <laughs> versus the Bulldogs. Uh, I got this one wrong. Sauce. I said uh, little Port all over Port Adelaide there, the little 1-39, to 39, and... Uh, the Bulldogs just proved that they, you know, great win away from home. Yeah, I was much the same. I had a three-league same-game multi, and uh, normally I'd get my money back uh, with this one in a bonus, but because Carl Eamon had 20 and I had Ollie Wines had 20 and they had both had that, but Port minus seven and a half. I went with uh, Tab because the line was a little bit uh, juicier and I could pick my own line for that one, but I should have stayed with Wordsworth. Yeah, no, uh, no Six, bonus bet back. No bonus bet back, but uh, that's the risk you take. Uh, no bonus bet back. Uh, next game, I had a bonus bet back because uh, we already spoke about the Fremantle game. I'm very disappointed. I had Fremantle head-to-head and Tabernet to kick two or more goals and then anytime goal scorer to get that uh, little bonus back there. So that's actually an example of where it can work in your favour source if one of those legs goes down. So I ended up getting a bonus bet, which I'll use this week, uh, $20 one. Yeah, I had my, speaking of bonus bet, I had that in my uh, Carlton versus Melbourne game because I didn't have a bet in the Essendon Dockers game. I had Carlton plus 10.5, which lost. Kerno to get 20, which lost. And Harry McKay, who got injured in the game. He only kicked three. Yeah, only kicked three, which uh, I reckon if he hadn't got injured, would have had the four. Had him for four. And you would have got one lead. Would have got one lead. Yeah, so. it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's share that. Oh, yeah. I didn't have to work too hard again in this uh, source, the old points bet special, where you had Melbourne 1 to 100. And Petrarca to have 10 plus disposal. He had 27, so he got that pretty easily. And uh, another 50 bucks. Thank you, points bet, on the alternate account. So stuff you. Oh, just, just, just to stuff I'll just you tell, for me. Stuff you points bet. Oh, yeah, yeah, screw the points bet. They're dogs. All right, all right let's get into the Western, uh, West Coast Eagles versus Adelaide Crows. I had no bet in this one, Pez. No, nah, no bet here. So we're getting to our... Source uh, multi. The old source multi. So I had Sydney plus two and a half. They won by 30, so that was great. North Melbourne plus 41 and a half. 
They won, won the game. Life. How good is that? Brisbane plus seven and a half. They actually won by 73. And West Coast minus six and a half. Won by 30 in the end. Had the max 50 on it to return $96.48. So that's a, that's rip a around. great win for you. I had 25 on a source multi, which is basically picking the team you want to win and uh, giving him a nice little handicap of a plus. I had Geelong that got plus 21 and a half got up. GWS plus 40 and a half got Dick. up. And then I missed Port Adelaide plus 18 and a half. So minus 18 and a half and Carlton plus 24 and a half. Carlton so. missed two in the source multi this I know, week. A bit you got to, you got to be coming back. Uh, let's go through the uh, ROI. So round nine, I staked $200, returned $348.48. ROI of 74.24%. So that's a that's a big round. Uh, total for the season, staked $1,740, returned $2,196.20. ROI has jumped up to 262 1%. Very, very happy. BEA beautiful, Pez. Uh, mine was staked for the round 125, returned 175. Bit disappointed I couldn't get some of those bonus bets uh, winning because they were basically the ones that I, well, the reason I didn't make it up to the uh, 200 mark. ROI is 40% for the round, which is a nice round number. For the year, staked $1,515 and returned $1,757.24. An ROI of 15.88%. Not too bad, Pez, yeah. considering uh, three weeks ago I was in the red. <laughs> Not too bad. This is what you do, Sauce, though. You, you, I you come know, home strong. You've got the up and down usually in your, in uh, your no, bets. It's, so it's down and then up, 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 up. We'll see how you go. I see on Twitter behind the bound, I got the little fire emoji this week and you just got the uh, little up arrow because you're on the way up. Uh, yeah, emojis count, mate. <laughs> All emojis are good. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi, do you want do you want some as well? And I, I said... Pez, we're going to hand over straight to you into the specials. Cyril takes a special and goes bang. Yeah, very, very special. Now, uh, the, the listeners love the special source, as you know. So I've been putting in the work, putting in the hard yard. Sports bet this week, all matches this round. Three plus leg AFL same game multi, up to three refunds per match. Uh, read the terms and conditions. It has to be $2 odds. So... Uh, make sure that happens there. Sportsbet also ha- have a head-to-head multi, so three-leg multi, just head-to-head bets. Uh, if one loses, you get a bonus bet back. You head over to Tab. They've got a head-to-head multi as well, exactly the same offer as Sportsbet there. They've got the same game multi special, only one per day. So they've got the Friday night game, Brisbane versus Richmond, Saturday night Bulldogs versus St. Kilda, and the Sunday Collingwood versus Port Adelaide game. Uh, you head over, where do we go next? We go to Lads. Now, I've spoken about Lads and Ned Source. Very disappointing. They only bring out the Friday night ones at the moment. Tomorrow, they'll bring out more. So you probably have to check back in there. They've got Brisbane versus Richmond, $2 lines, which the line sits at around 16 and a half, unless it's changed since we started recording. Um, and Ned's have exactly the same there. They've also got at Ned's the three-plus leg same game multi, uh, Brisbane versus Richmond. But, you, you know, you'd probably... Um, stick it at sports bet anyway if you if you ha- having a bet on that now points bet this week source I've taken advantage again you wouldn't probably know about this you've got Brisbane versus Richmond Brisbane to win by one to a hundred and Cameron to kick one goal three bucks max bet of twenty five you've got to take that you have to take that that's great money uh, next one the Sunday game Collingwood versus Port Adelaide Port Adelaide to win by one to a hundred points and Dixon to kick one plus goal three bucks 
Max bet $25. Got to take that. You've got to jump on that, Pez, and it's a shame that you're getting all these extra wins uh, just from rubbish points bet. Yeah, you got to do it. Uh, the, can't wait to get banned. I can't believe the alternate count wasn't banned yet. It was uh, actually all, pretty good. All you bet on is specials. The challenge, challenge is their points bet, if you're listening. Go and ban my alternate account so I can't be taking advantage That's of your promos again. underscore You made that last week as well. Um, they've also got the Friday night game leader, uh, three-quarter time, and you win now take advantage while you can because points better dogs and they'll ban you anytime yep that's exactly what happened to me after about a month and uh, apparently oh if you only bet on specials that's all you get kicked off even if you only bet on AFL and every game has a, a, a special. I think I lasted about 18 months on points before they banned my first account. I, I lasted a month and I reckon I deposited more money in there <laughs> than I actually took out and somehow I still got out. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the Friday night game, Pez. We start things off with an absolute classic at the Gabba. Brisbane versus Richmond. Brisbane favourites at their home ground, $1.39. Richmond outsiders, $3. The line is 16.5. The over-under is one fifty nine and a half. Mate, Brisbane uh, in fine form at the moment, really showing uh, they don't have to travel. They went from Gold Coast last week. Richmond do have to travel. Tough game last week against GWS. Uh, I've gone the points bet special. Brisbane to win one to a hundred. Charlie Cameron to kick a goal at three bucks. You can't go past that. Um, I think Brisbane can win. I don't like the love. I don't love the line at sixteen and a half source because uh, you don't know what Richmond's going to show up and and what's going to happen. I, I totally agree, Pez. I think that Brisbane win the game. Richmond definitely keep it close, and that's why I've gone the same game multi on sports bet twenty five staked. Brisbane one to thirty nine. Hugh McCluggage to get twenty five or more, and Charlie Cameron to kick two or more disposals. That gets me odds of four dollars fifty. I've whacked twenty five on it, as I said. The Brisbane 1-39 market on its own pairs is $2.80 or something like that, and it was when I started. That is great value because I see Brisbane winning this game, but I see Richmond keeping it close. Um, a good little bit. And plus, it's a little bit safer than that line. Yeah, you can see how we you go. go po- we can go points bet, 1 to 100. <laughs> 1 to 100, that should be pretty safe if Brisbane are able to get the win. <laughs> What's, is that called a big win or a little win? 1 to 100, or is no, it just, just, just a, a win? <laughs> just a little win, and then the big win's 101 plus. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. what odds are they? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get oh, into yeah. the Saturday matches, pairs. Carlton versus Hawthorne, $1.32 for Carlton. Hawthorne Outsiders at $3.40. The line is 19.5 and creeping. Started our show at 20.5. It's already come in one point. And the over-under is 171.5. Yeah, some interesting uh, ins and outs in this game, Source. We're not going to go through all of them in every game, but just the ones that I find a bit interesting. Levo Casbolt is uh, managed, which I think will help Carlton. David Cunningham is injured. He did his ACL uh, last week early on in the game, so that's no good. And Luke Parks, who has been omitted. Tom DeConey and Jack Silvani come in. Hawthorne, they've gotten rid of Daniel Howe and Tim O'Brien, both omitted. So they bring in Damon Greaves and Grave David. Oh, this is weird. Damon Greaves and Ned Reeves to debut. So oh. the, the rhymes bringing in the rhymes in to try and get over the line of Carlton, but I don't think they're going to do that. I think Carlton are going to win. So I've put together a same game multi on Sportsbet Source. Carlton to lead at half time. Carlton to win the game. And Lockie Fogarty, your old mate from Geelong, uh, anytime goal scorer. He's a dollar seventy two by himself. Those little three legs together gets me two dollars seventy. I've put twenty on it. I like that bet, Pez, because I think Carlton, uh, I think Hawthorne are in tank mode. I think Carlton will see the this as an opportunity to get the winning streak alive. They'll come out and be flat out bullies. They'll win this game easy. I've gone Carlton at the line minus nineteen and a half. I love that line, and I've chucked the max on it, Pez, at fifty. Yeah, we know uh, Hawthorne will probably only play fifteen minutes of footy, uh, and then after that, they're just going to you know put their head in the sand or something. I'm really worried about Tom Mitchell. We've been speaking about Tom Mitchell not having an impact on game source. When they're at the bottom of the ladder as well, it's even harder for him to have an impact on the game. 
I don't know what's going on there. Any chance you'd have to take a dig at medals. Let's get into uh, Geelong versus Gold Coast. The um, Saturday Arvo game. This is played at GMHBA Stadium. A lovely 2.10 time slot. Uh, so a nice sunny afternoon for us. Got a dollar six head to head for Geelong. $9.30. Minus 45.5 at a dollar 90. Over 156.5 pairs. I don't like any of those numbers that we just <laughs> said there. They are all shocking numbers. Um, we know what happens when Geelong have a big line. Is this the week that they break it? Uh, I don't know, mate. 46 and a half. I don't know. Yeah, Gold, half, Gold Coast have actually bought in a Ruckman to try and take advantage of uh, Geelong not Geelong having won here. for the last 10 years. Um, Zach Smith's come in. Alex Sexton comes in. Tuck Miller comes in. Nick Holman comes in. There's some big ins um, for Gold Coast. Jack yeah. Bowes goes out injured. Um, Ainsworth and McPherson, probably notables there. Um, out for Geelong, your man Jordan Clark uh, omitted. Zach Guthrie, your man as well, omitted uh, finally. Max Holmes was the sub. He's not playing. But Luke Dalhouse comes in and uh, Jake Kolejasny. Two of my favourites. Yeah. <laughs> Kolejasny and Luke Dalhouse. They are rubbish footballers and it's disappointing that they're in. But Geelong will be too good in this one, Pez. Uh, 45 and a half is a big line to cover. I think they get the job done. But I think they get the job done by uh, all fa- old faithful pairs. And I'm putting my money back in. And, and it's Jezza? Not Jezza. Ooh. My man Cameron Guthrie to get 30. Tommy Stewart to get 20. You can lock those two into any multi going forward, and it always seems to win. I bet that's where I'm getting all and my wins do? from. Geelong head to head again. Uh, no, I chucked in Isaac Smith for 20, and I've put the max 50 on that one. Uh, that gives me nice little odds of $2.40. Yeah, so you've changed your tone this season, so it's actually betting on, on the Cats game because you watch them, you know, it's the closest, so maybe you get a little value there. The value I've tried to go for. Cheeky! The reason I was saying Jezza is I've got a three leg same game multi. Oh. Jezza kicks 10. Jezza, anytime goal scorer. Jezza to score two or more goals. And then Jezza, Jeremy Cameron, to score five or more goals. That gets me $5.25. But the strange thing about it, Sauce, the reason I've put the two Jeremy Cameron legs in there at the start is just for insurance. So if he kicks two, I'll get a bonus bet back uh, if he doesn't kick five. Uh, if I put Jeremy Cameron to score five or more goals by himself, five bucks. You add him as an anytime goal scorer, five I'll get more money. That makes no sense at all. No, I'll get insurance. And an extra 25 cents. So I'll chuck the cheeky 10 on that. Oh, I must be betting with points bet. That's sports bet, mate. What do you mean? What what That's do you rubbish. Absolute rubbish. All right, let's get into the unbeaten Demons versus the uh, unbeaten for three weeks Adelaide Crows and then winless for the rest. $4.60 outsiders of the Crows, $1.20 for the Ds. Plus 27.5 is the line for the for the Crows and the over-under is 164.5. Pez, can the Demons make it 10 in a row? I think they can against Adelaide. I don't rate Adelaide very highly. Luke Jackson comes back in for Melbourne. Ben Brown is has been omitted, which is very interesting. Maybe they're just not taking him over to Adelaide. Um, Billy Frampton omitted. Not uh, happy over there, the Adelaide Adelaide team. Taylor Walker is coming back in as well as a few others. Uh, I've just put a bonus bet on this, my one from last week's source. Uh, and I've put Melbourne to win by 40-plus. I haven't done it many times this year at all. No. Um, but I think against the poor Adelaide side, they might be able to, you know, kick away. Confidence is up. Ten in a row. Get around them. Yeah, get around the Ds. Um, I hope that does happen, Pez, because if that happens, then my... Uh, Cheeky! ...is most likely to get up. I've gone a three-leg same-game multi, paying uh, pretty reasonable odds of 18 bucks. Uh, Ed Langdon to get 20. It's Tom McDonald to get 15. And Cozzy Pickett to kick four or more goals. Him to kick four goals on its own is 11 bucks, which I think... He's, he's, he definitely puts himself in enough positions to kick four or five every week. And uh, 
Against like Adelaide, that. you reckon? Against Adelaide. We know that small forwards love the Adelaide ground and the, the versatility of the angles that they can play Kicking into towards the hill down at Adelaide Oval. I mean, he'll be doing somersaults down the hill when I get that uh, they get that one up, Pez. All right. You might struggle with Tom McDonald getting 15 as a forward. Nah, 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 he'll get 15 easy. All right, uh, let's get in. <laughs> Only because I normally go for the back of I, I love every single time, and the listeners would notice this, every time I question source nah. on, a, on a person to get disposals. Nah, nah, he'll get it. Nah. nah. Easy, easy. Well, that's <laughs> no argument back, just nah. That's normally not what happens, Pez. Normally not what happens. All right, let's get into, can't wait for your argument here, Pez. The the doggies playing the Saints, uh, $1.25 favourites for the 9-1 and one doggies. Your disappointing St. Kilda last week, your inaccurate Saints last week, your very poor last week Saints. Uh, yep. Yep, sorry, yep. $4 <laughs> minus 24.5 is the line. Over, under is 170.5. Yeah, the line was a bit lower. I think I saw it at 19.5 on Monday or Tuesday, and it's gone out to 24.5, which I wouldn't mind. Uh, if you're a Bulldogs backer, the, the minus here. Lockie Hunter comes in. Um, Lipinski, Eastern Wood, both out injured. Uh, Jaron Geary and Sean McKernan come into the side. Tom Highmore, uh, Ben Long and Rowan Marshall out injured. Now, because Rowan Marshall is out, he's our one-two punch most important player with Paddy Ryder. Um, St. Kilda won't be able to win this. Yeah, definitely not. So jump all over the Bulldogs. I haven't done it because I think I want uh, to enjoy this game a little bit and hopefully St Kilda can do something. Uh, I've just gone the disposals market source. Jack Sinclair to get 15 disposals. Uh, $1.25, don't mind that. Bailey Dale to get 20 or more off the half-back line for the Bulldogs. And Jack Billings to get 20. A bit more of a risky one there, but it gets me odds of $2.60. I'll put 20 on it. I actually don't mind the, the line in this one, Pez. I think this is a danger game for the Bulldogs. Plus 24.5 is extremely juicy, but oh, I am steering clear because you can't really go for, against a 9-1 and one side uh, with the Bulldogs with that forward line um, you know, flourishing. We and did it last week against the 8-1 side, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That's stupid, wasn't <laughs> that it? That backfired. <laughs> that backfired. Um, uh, so we learned from our mistakes, Pez, and I'm steering clear from that one. All right, there you go. There we go. Let's get into the Fremantle versus Sydney game. This game is super intriguing. The odds are also very juicy. Either way, you've got $2.01 odds for the, the home-stated Fremantle Dockers and $1.83 for the Outsiders in Sydney. Minus 2.5 is the line favouring the Swans, and the over-under is extremely low at 139.5. Yeah, it's a it's a low line and a a very, low very line. close considering that Fremantle are down... Uh, down the ladder a bit and Sydney are up and about in finals. But Luke Ryan comes back for Fremantle, which is important. Andrew Brayshaw uh, injured, so he's out. So pretty big loss in the Fremantle midfield. Uh, I think Sydney win this game at, at the moment. I've, I've seen the teams. Uh, I think Sydney can play. I know it's hard travelling over to Perth, so, so that's probably the only thing that the bookies are thinking uh, with the Fremantle side over there. They're a much better side over there. I've put Sydney head-to-head in my same-game multi. I'll put Harry Cunningham to get 15 or more disposals, and I'll put Tom Papley as an anytime goal scorer. twenty five. I thought that was a, a value for Papley to kick a goal. So uh, 262 all up, I'll put 25 on it. Yeah, I think that is um, definite value for that. That's, uh, I can't believe Sportsbet will let that go and go through the keeper. It is predicted to, to rain on Saturday night, so maybe that's why the uh, the line is or the over-under is so low. low. Really interesting, Pez. I was having a look through here, and I actually went with Tab in this one, despite not having a three-leg same-game multi. But Jordan Dawson, who you know averages probably about 17 touches, is not in sports bets 15 or more disposals. But in Tab, you can get him at 15 disposals for $1.20, which is grouse value. 
I got him, Sydney head-to-head, and Hayward to kick a goal. That gives me odds of something because they've got this thing called the multiplier, and I did a 1.05 times multiplier, which boosted the odds up to an eventual $2.70. Don't know where they started, but I've whacked 25 on that. 1.05 multiplier. That's yeah, what it comes yeah, up with. Like went up like a like a, a little blue thing, little blue yeah. thing. It was uh, very exciting. So and you've got, got no insurance, no insurance. So you can get Jordan Dawson in there at fifteen. Yeah, I think really that's like really that really good money. I like that leg. Let's get on to the Sunday games. Pairs GWS Giants playing West Coast. Another close one. Two dollars tens for the Giants. Dollar seventy seven for the West Coast Eagles. The line is minus three and a half. The over under one sixty five and a half. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of a pick'em game, but to no Toby Green really worries me. And I think West Coast tall forwards will be too much for GWS. I know GWS have been pretty good when Mumford's in the side. Also, Hogan's in the side as well, and he's kicked multiple goals multiple times. But I'm all over West Coast here. I've just gone a uh, four-leg same-game multi. Uh, West Coast quarter-time line, minus one and a half. West Coast half-time line, minus two and a half. West Coast three-quarter-time line, minus two and a half. And the West Coast line, minus three and a half. Altogether, that's $3.25. So if you think West Coast are going to go out to a, a lead at the start and then hold, uh, that'll get up because they've only got a lead by, you know, two points and then three points, three points, and then four points at the end of the game. So hopefully that can happen. I'll put 25 on that. I've steered clear with this one, Pez, but I really like the uh, $2.10 for the Giants. They've got some really big ins. Uh, Toby Green is probably one of the reasons that you lean towards uh, West Coast, Harry Perriman obviously did his hamstring as well last week, but they've got huge ins. Haynes, Reed, Finlayson, Mumford, and Sproul. <laughs> Sproul's come in. Uh, but uh, I like the inclusion of Haynes and Finlayson as well as Reed. I think that the Giants do get it done, but uh, oh, well, I'm yeah, clear. me there, but you look, Flying Ryan's back as well, and uh, Shannon Hearn for uh, West Coast. They do lose Jeremy McGovern out injured, but uh, yeah, I don't mind uh, West Coast there with that. That little four-leg bet. That's a great little four-leg bet there, Pez. If you think the Eagles are going to win, no, I don't, so I don't think it's any good. All right, uh, Collingwood versus Port Adelaide for the, the primetime Sunday time slot. The Collingwood Magpies outsiders at 293, and I don't know if these uh, odds correctly line up, Pez. 293 for the Magpies, $1.41 for, for the the, uh, the power. I don't think they do. No, they don't line up properly, do they? I think uh, the power need to be down at $1.20 or something. That's the way I would look at it. So a little bit of value there if you think the, um, the Port Adelaide Magpies Sorry, the Port Adelaide Power can get up. That nice little uh, prison bar <laughs> joke there. The line is 16.5. The over-under is 155.5. The main question that everyone's asking is, when Port Adelaide win at $1.41, Pez, do they wear the prison bars in the uh, oh. the room after? No, just wear it wear it in the game and lose the four points. Port Adelaide, go on. Put, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, Dan Houston comes back into the side after one-week uh, injury. Tom Cleary's out. Fantasia out injured as well. It might be a big loss. But a big in for Collingwood, Taylor Adams, uh, to be playing. So that'll really bolster their midfield. And they looked a lot better at the start of the season with Taylor Adams. So maybe that's got something to do with uh, the odds. It, it doesn't really matter about the odds for me, though, because I've gone that points bet special Port Adelaide to win 1-100 to 100 and Charlie Dixon to kick a goal. You know what? Ch- Charlie Dixon could go goalless and you could lose out on that bet. But you're going to make that bet. 100 times out of 100, Sauce. Yeah, uh, and I would if I could, but I can't, so I won't. Too many unpredictables for Port Adelaide for me. The forty-one is really juicy just on a straight-up bet. I've steered clear with this one, Pez, just because Port Adelaide, uh, they need to win this game to prove that they're not really uh, they're not really pretenders. I know it's a playing a Collingwood side away from home, but they just don't seem to perform away from home at the moment this season against any other side. So a little bit of risk there, and I'm steering clear for that one. 
Oh, e- fair enough. Essendon, uh, North Melbourne. Essendon, North Melbourne. Uh, Essendon favourites at $1.30. In North Melbourne, after their first win in over, well, probably over a year, realistically, $3.55. Juicy odds, pairs. I know you'll be all over that one. Plus 22.5 is the line, and 173.5 is the over-under. Well, I don't think North are going to change. They've got the extended lineups for Sunday, Source. Uh, and Devin Smith is out injured for Essendon. So the line's 22.5, you said? 22 and a half. I think that uh, North can probably get in with in, in with that, but uh, I've got no bet there at the moment. Uh, and yeah, hopefully North can stay within their 10 goal radius and maybe get two in a row. I actually really like that line, uh, and I wouldn't mind dabbling on North Melbourne to win as well. Essendon haven't been really um, exciting, and North Melbourne looked very good in that last quarter. I have steered clear because it is that Sunday game, Pez. But I might actually be looking to use that live bet on Sunday once those teams are finalised because uh, I have a sneaky suspicion that Essendon might uh, might not look the best in terms of the, their actual list by the end of it. So I'm steering clear, Pez. What are you doing? Yeah, I've, I've got no bet in this game at the moment. Uh, no interest in this Essendon-North Melbourne. Essendon thirty. Hate that. Hate it. it. It's not good value for a team that both have not been underperforming. Poor sides. Uh, that probably for me should be sitting more of the dollar forty, uh, maybe two seventy sort of mark. Yeah, well, uh, we get into our source multis. Uh, <laughs> you don't know if I've done that, Pez. Well, you've done it every other week. You yeah, didn't I've win last week, so maybe you didn't do it. But I have. I've gone the max as well, source. And if you've noticed throughout, there's only the one max this week, and it's on the source multis. So, I've gone Carlton against Hawthorne. Carlton plus twelve and a half. I think they'll get the win. Sydney plus six and a half. I think they'll beat Fremantle over there. West Coast plus 12 and a half. Uh, I think they beat GWS. Port Adelaide 12, plus 12 and a half. I think they beat Collingwood. So that gets me altogether $2.54. Put the max 50 on it to hopefully return one twenty seven thirty six. I've gone uh, source multi pairs, as you already knew, uh, and three-leg same-game multi. All teams, I think, have a really good shot of winning, if not keeping the game a bit closer. I've gone Port Adelaide plus 24 and a half, $1.05 on its own. Not very that good, Juicy. GWS plus 20 and a half, $1.34. And your Saints pairs up to 34 and a half, $1.52. that, $2.13, 25 on that one. All right, there you go. Yeah, enjoy that loss as, as well, Source. That'd be great. Um, make sure you jump on socials at Behind the Bound on Twitter because our bet slips exclusive to Twitter. So uh, you can get along, follow along in the fun and uh, jump in the DMs and... Uh, Bag the shit out of Sauce when he when he loses. That's not very nice, Pez. Uh, speaking of bagging the shit out of people, I need to do that at the, our next segment. It was a toss of the coin. That fight wins the toss. Yes, it's been an unusual uh, year for coin tosses. Strikes a Pez, I know all of our uh, viewers at home and our listeners know the rules, but I'm going to state them again for you <laughs> because you seem to struggle with this every week. It's been an unusual year for coin tosses. It has been. It's funny with that one, actually. They say <laughs> toin tosses. They actually stuff up in the, uh, the commentary, but hopefully that's not an omen for us, Pez, because I am kicking your butt in this. Uh, jumped up to a nice commanding lead. Got another one up on you. What's the score for the season? Yeah, uh, I got four this week, but the, the interesting thing was the first four games, you and I... Both got them all correct. And then the next five for me, all incorrect. Well, I got the first five, right? You got Exactly. You got another one. So you got the first five and then you got all four incorrect after that. So Sunday wasn't a good day for our Lions. Um, so the, you got the GWS versus Richmond one, which probably should have won by a lot more in the end. And uh, got five. So you got five. I got four. I 
moved to 40 points for the season, and you on 42. That's just a commanding lead. This is where I really kick off, Pez. It'll be interesting one, this one, Pez, because I think we might have a few different for people at home. Uh, not for people at home, sorry. Just for you, Pez, a reminder. <laughs> all we have to do is pick a line. No explanation, no nothing. Just like um, flipping a coin, a two-sided coin for every other debate we've had. Let's get into things. Brisbane, Richmond, minus 16 and a half with Brisbane. Um, Brisbane. Brisbane for me. Carlton, Hawthorne, minus 19 and a half. Carlton. You already know where I am. Geelong versus Gold Coast, minus 45 and a half. Oh, ugly, ugly. Um, Geelong. Uh, Geelong. Not very That's convincingly, that one. <laughs> it wasn't convincing for <laughs> both of us, was it? Adelaide, Melbourne, minus 27 and a half. Melbourne. Melbourne for me as well. The Doggies and St Kilda. Doggies. Oh, the Saints for me, Pairs. Our first head-to-head. Fremantle, Sydney, minus two and a half. Uh, Swans. Swans for me. GWS, West Coast. West Coast. GWS for me. The line for that one is three and a half. Collingwood versus Port Adelaide. The line is minus 16 and a half. Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide for me as well. Essendon versus North Melbourne, minus 22 and a half. Uh, North Melbourne. Mm, Interesting one, that one. Um, I'll take North Melbourne as well. And that sums up the round, Pez. I've got, a, co- I've coin got a coin toss for you, Pez. Who would you rather be, Essendon or Collingwood going forward? Oh, can I um, nope, you don't go to it. rugby league? <laughs> I'll be the storm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Essendon. Essendon? Yep. Cox on the wing, Jones up forward, Ridley, Ridley down back. Interesting. Yeah, yourself? Probably Essen as well. Probably. <laughs> All right. Um, my one for you was just uh, wine, red or white. Beer. No, you got to choose one. That's a coin toss rule. Sparkling. Sparkling water? Nah, red red wine for me, Pez. Yeah, red wine for me. I'm going to have a glass, I reckon, and fall asleep. Fall asleep. <laughs> you said that and put you to sleep, Pez. I was hoping uh, you didn't have one in the middle of the show because... You wouldn't have bought your A grade performance as usual. No, but A grade, A game, A grade, A game. It is, it is late. What is it? It's eleven uh, fifteen on a Thursday night. Source the teams are out. We're we're up and about. We're excited. Get into <laughs> yeah, round. You really sounded like you were up and about there. Get, get into round ten. I'm about to yawn, but uh, I'm Pez. Peace out. Good luck in your bets this oh, week. I'm still source. We'll catch up next time, guys.